Crispin here on the North Shore Vineyard Church audio podcast. So today on the podcast we have a message from my associate pastor Shane Blown. This one's entitled Faith and Love in the Impossible. This is from November 11th. I was out of town that weekend doing some stuff with a vineyard church in St. Petersburg, Florida. So good message here though. Very timely. Got a lot of things going on in December, so check us out on NorthShoreVineyard.org or on our Facebook page for all the various events that we got going on. Let's go to the talk, North Shore Vineyard Church, downtown Covington. Thanks for listening. excuse my voice too I'm, I'm drinking tea as much as I can it's that time of year we get one you know day of in the 50s and everybody gets sick <clears throat> um, so today <clears throat> you know this week we you know if you're watching the news which <clears throat> I've tried to not do lately but you know more things happening with mass shootings and things of these nature um, it's this has been a time of just again Where's humanity at? You know, what, what is humanity going through? What, what is causing all of this uh, that we've been feeling for years now, it feels like? You know, since I'm 33, and since I've been alive, you know, everything has been unprecedented. Describing the events that have gone on, you know, we've, it seems like my generation um, just keeps living through this term, unprecedented, over and over and over, and what is becoming the norm and in that, if you're paying attention, which I'm sure you are, it, it can make life seem impossible sometimes of what do you do, where do you go, what do you believe, what is the point of a lot of things that are happening because you see that, how, that, that society is so fragile in so many ways. And, and, and a lot of it comes from hurt and trauma that these out landish actions that we see over and over again it's it's really trauma manifesting itself we give it names like ptsd which is that's very real stress anxiety all these things are real but the root of this thing is trauma and the trauma from you know maybe it's abuse war seeing things that you should never have to see as a human being experiencing things that we were never designed to experience we are not evolutionary designed to deal with the amount of trauma that, that is self-inflicted. You know, often I've found myself, God, you know, what are you doing? And what I've heard recently is God is saying, what are you doing? <laughs> Think about that. We have so much, and I've been so encouraged lately. This past month and a half, I'll share this with you. I've been in just a wonderful place with God. And I've done it. I don't know what it is. The presence of God has become so tangible these last few weeks in my life that I, I and I, for no, re, no reason, I'm not doing anything more I've ever done. Um, I just have been feeling something internally that I haven't felt for a long time following Jesus. And I'm liking it and I'm loving it. 
and 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 what it, I think it's what it is is that I'm I'm realizing that I have more control than I think. I have more effect on the world in my life than I realize. That is a God-given gift that we all share. We are made in His image and His likeness. Our words and our actions have the ability to create beauty or war, joy or sadness, fear or inspiration. We have that ability. God, the architect, designed it and said it is good. And He placed us in the middle of it. And He said, now your responsibility is to maintain it, is to inhabit it to grow it and we've done good in a lot of ways i'm not down on humanity man humanity is awesome i am so happy to be here <laughs> it is a privilege to exist folks and sometimes we lose the sight of that because we don't feel it but it is a privilege and i think that's what's been happening in, in my in my soul as i've been rediscovering this joy of of life but only because I'm beginning to understand again. Maybe I did before and it slipped away, or maybe just life happens and you just don't pay attention to it. But we can make a difference today. We can change our world today. It's good news, folks. Anyway, that's not my message. <laughs> kind of. So from your bulletin, uh, it's kind of a weird thing that I, I broke up. You'll see 1 Corinthians 13 kind of chopped up in the sec sections on the front and back. But there, in, in, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul says something that's amazing. Three things will last forever. Three things. I like that. That is short and sweet. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Now, we hear that quite often, especially in this church, we echo that. And I've been thinking about those three things, faith, hope, and love. Like, they're not, they're a group. They're not separated. I don't think you can have one without the other. I think the first two, faith and hope, are the things that drive us and develop love. Does that make sense? How can you love someone if you have no faith in them or hope in them? Yeah? But today, I'm going to specifically talk a little bit about faith. And, and on the back of your bulletin, the scripture is there. You read through that. I'm not going to go through that for the sake of time. And I'm also going to do something a little different today. I'm, I'm going to read a lot because I wanted to really put this down on paper and make sure I hit some points. Um, and also, I'd like to throw out a resource. I discovered this guy, Daniel Dowling. He's a journalist and a blogger. Um, Daniel Dowling. He is writing some stuff on faith, that growing up in a charismatic church um, and, and hearing that faith is a certain definition, um, it's really, really amazing. Uh, one thing that he said that blew my mind is that uh, man wasn't made for faith, faith was made for man, which is a complete reversal of what I've always kind of perceived. Um, so let's jump into this. So three things. Today we're going to talk a little about when faith and love, when everything seems impossible. How would you define faith? A lot of people would say that faith is having a set of beliefs. Having faith, they say, is having some fixed idea about God, about life, and about the afterlife. 
There is truth in that. Beliefs are a key part of faith. But faith, as the Bible describes it, is much richer than that. Through the pages of Scripture, we see that real faith is a confidence and a trust which will always produce a willing obedience to the commandments of God, which are simply to love. Yes? Pope John Paul II said this, We cannot live without love. We remain incomprehensible to ourselves if we do not experience and participate intimately in love. Folks, we need love like we need the air to breathe. Without love, life seems to not make sense. Existence without love. It's like gumbo without spice. <laughs> it's awful. Nobody wants to eat that, man. Septimum. We lose touch with purpose when we don't have love. I'm talking not the type of love that is, you know, I've been accused of being a hippie a few times in my life. Um, and and, and not, not that passive type. Of, I'm, I'm talking about love that is internal that it, that is captivating that surrounds you and, and 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 moves you and inspires you that 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 pushes you to be more than you are it doesn't want you to settle in your relationships it doesn't want to want you to settle with your point of view of yourself it doesn't want you to just settle and go through the motions of survival it wants you to be inspired it wants you to create and ins- inspire others it is a living thing. It has substance. It has a weight that is more than words. And we all know this to be true. We know when someone loves us and never doesn't have to say it, when someone says it all the time, but we never feel it. There's no weight in it. But sometimes love can seem impossible. And that's where faith comes in. The strongest and most inspiring people in history, time and time again, are shown to be the people who choose to love regardless of their circumstances. What gives some people the ability to love where others fail? I believe it is faith. There was an interview with a Nazi uh, prison camp survivor that was quoted saying this, and this is powerful. I had to decide whether to let myself hate the soldier who had done this. I had seen too often what hate could do to people's minds and bodies. Hate had just killed six people who mattered the most to me in this world. I decided then that I would spend the rest of my life, whether it was a few days or many years, loving every person I came into contact with. See, faith is a decision to love when God, when you do not feel the presence of God. Faith is built through the, through the decision to love. Let me say that again for you. Faith is the decision to love, even when you do not feel God's presence. Faith is built through the decision to love, no matter the circumstances. The more you choose to love, the greater your faith will grow and it will expand. The weightier it will become and more authentic 
it will become. Faith is the momentum of love that brings us into a peaceful future. The more we practice faith, the easier it is to believe that not only can we survive and live, but we can thrive through it all. So in this time of uncertainty, that's what I'm, that's, I think that's what I've been feeling again. And you look at what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? How do we do it? The answer has always been love. It's, not, it's very easy to lose hope when the world seems upside down. You've probably even asked, how does a loving God place so many people in war-torn lands, hostile environments? And I'll tell you that he doesn't. God does not create that. That is what the lack of love looks like, folks. It's the lack of our willingness to obey his commands. That is what has produced death. It's very real and it's very practical. It's when we reject love. We reject Christ. Christ is, he is, as the Bible tells us, he is the face of the unseen God. He is the expression of the essence of God, which is love. Love under these conditions can seem pointless and even weak, but I'm telling you, it is not. It is the exact opposite. I've seen strong men that seem so powerful and well-kept and put together. You feel secure in their presence, but for some reason, they don't have the ability to have humility. They, cannot love, they won't allow love to challenge them. So we, we front with our weapons and our posturing and our words, our theologies, our points of view, all trying to resist what love is trying to do, which is to change us, to be more Christ-like. Love can be difficult, but without it, folks, life is impossible. For five years, I worked in, in, my, in a nonprofit housing um, homeless men, different types of people. And there were some people I, had, I could never figure out. I felt hopeless for them. And I went to this pastor one day. Well, I called him. He's up in Utah. I said, what, what do you do with this? Do I just, like, lie to the guy and tell him it's going to be okay? Because I know it's not. You know, some real-life stuff is going on in this place. And, and quite frankly, I was in over my head. Um, and this, and this guy told me, he said, Shane, all you can do is love him day in and day out. Be honest with him day in and day out. Keep your arms open to him day in and day out. But in the end, it's his choice. And that freed me. It freed me from the weight that so many of us feel, feel with our families and friends sometimes. These things that we cannot change and they seem to just weigh us down and we just want the best for everything and everyone. But sometimes it seems like we have to do more. And I'm telling you, the only thing you have to do and you must do and we're commanded to do is love. And every person has that responsibility to respond to it, to receive it and allow it to do what it needs to do in that person. 
Jesus teaches us love is our greatest purpose. It is our highest achievement, and we need faith and hope to live it out. Again, faith is the muscle that enables us to break the impossible barriers in order to express and receive love. This, this is something else I would say, and this is, this is really, I'm going to go back to what I've been feeling these last few months. Um, again, you know, uh, some of you know, last year I went through a little bit of a health deal, uh, autoimmune stuff, craziest feeling I've ever had in my life. The feeling of being nuts is, is it's awful. It's when you're just chemically thrown off and, and your emotions are not in check and you're taking medication, and you're you just, the overwhelmingness of it can be insane. And, and one of the things that I, happened in that season was my mind literally got fixated on despair. It literally got into this loop to where despair was the only thing I could feel and sense and was real. And no matter what I would do, this loop kept playing and playing and playing. And then I realized the reason why this loop kept playing and playing and playing is because I kept hitting the play button. I, I, I began to adopt almost this victim mentality in some ways I was. I can't control what my genes are doing in my body. You get sick, you get sick with something like that. There's, you know. But even in that, we have control. Even in that, we bear the image of God to where we can choose how we respond to ourselves and those around us, even in sickness, even in despair. Thank God I have an amazing wife um, and, and some amazing friends that helped anchor me in that. But I, I found that I was feeding my, I was putting my energy into despair. It is a choice to do that or not. Isn't that wonderful? It's a choice to feed it or not. I felt just an energy come back into me when I realized, oh, yeah, that's right. I can speak to this thing that is in me that is causing this, and I can tell it what reality is and what reality will be versus it telling me. So empowering, folks. This isn't mystical. This isn't far out there. This is reality. We do it every day. Our faith is creating every day. A world of peace depends on the love we bring into it. And no one can ever rob us of that ability. It is a choice. And I'm not saying, look, that it's like this switch that you just, like, that, like it's not hard. It is hard. And it can be difficult. I'm not saying that like it's just an easy fix. So I'm going to love. It's all better. No, no. But faith, when you don't feel like you can love, again, it is that momentum. It is that momentum that brings us into love. And so there are just a few things that, that I was thinking of. Um, when, when things seem impossible, like how do you have faith? You know, I, I, I grew up in a, I was Southern Baptist for most of my uh, childhood. 
my, the other side of my family um, is uh, Catholic. And then I ended up in like in a very, very, very charismatic church that we did some wild stuff, man. So I was a wreck. <laughs> I, you know, I just, it, but, but I'm not, but I'm so thankful for it though. Because in every one of those places, I saw good people with good intentions trying to figure it out and expressing it in, in certain ways. Um, but when it comes to faith, you know, how do you keep it active when everything seems impossible and the world is telling you to believe in despair? Believe that mass shootings are the norm and that the only thing that fixes it is taking away something. That divorce is normal. That uh, trafficking is just a part of the world now. That people blowing themselves up in the name of God and Christians arguing and protesting people. Like, the world is trying to tell us, like, this is it. Despair. All there is is fighting. All there is is hopelessness. I can tell you a few things that I've discovered. I'm only going to talk about three of them, perhaps. Maybe only get to two. A few ways to keep faith active when it all seems impossible. Number one, pray. That is a discipline that is so much more powerful. It's something that, you know, you can hear me say that. I even hear me say that. And it just seems like, a, okay, yeah, of course you pray. No, but really, it's kind of like if you're going through something with a spouse or a child and you don't have those conversations, you don't have communication, what happens? Does resolve come? No. So why would we think it would with God? The very disciplines that we try to live by with one another, we don't live by with God. And I, I, I do at times. I will say that. I won't project on anyone in here. I have gone through that. But prayer. Ask God for strength to love to your full potential. Keep an open dialogue with the source of love. If we're not connected to the love, how can we expect to love? Now, again, love is a very deep thing that I'm not going to define for you, okay, in fullness. But, that, but the thing that we yearn about love that is so inherent in us, you know, that it's like built into us. Like we need it and we want it. That, that, that fascinates me. It really does. Like, we need and we want this so badly. Why? Because we come from love. And the command is to love and to be loved. Sometimes people use love to be selfish. You must love me. Well, no, perhaps we should meet in the middle on that, yeah? How can we love together? The second thing, another simple thing, uh, be generous to others. It's very powerful, generosity. It's all Jesus did. He did a lot of cool stuff, but the thing that he did consistently was generosity. Was stepping outside of his world constantly. Whether it was feeding someone having a conversation with a woman that 
Other men would dare not to. Talking to those that are sick and no one is visiting them. They didn't have homes to live in and family to visit. Sometimes the greatest strength we can receive comes through helping others in need. Mother Teresa said this, love is always there for us to draw upon, and it's easiest to see when we decide to share it freely with others. Folks, this is the, this is the gospel. And thank God this is the gospel. It is so simple, so profound, so uncomplicated. And the thing about faith, hope, and love, the reason they're the greatest because that is the purpose of life. You never will understand fully faith, hope, and love. It is too deep, too broad. It is a journey of a lifetime. That's why they're the greatest. You know, I love what he says here, and I will kick it back to 1 Corinthians. And he says, if I could speak in all the languages of the earth, and of angels, but did not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but did not love others, I would be nothing. Think about this. If I, could, if I had one of these things to the fullest, I would probably be the most arrogant person in this room. All these wonderful things, and, and quite frankly, powerful things. You know you could build and do in society with just possessing a few of those gifts that he is describing? What kind of fame and fortune you could build for yourself? What kind of crowd you could draw? What type of influence you could have? But he's saying, with all of this, if I have love, I have nothing. I am nothing. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages, special knowledge will become useless but love will last forever. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gifts of prophecy reveal only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. And then I love in chapter 4 and verse 4, because I just love definitions, man. I love not having to research constantly. I love when God just gives these no, this is what it is. Love is. Verse 4. It's patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up. Love never loses faith. It is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. So I would pose to you that what the answer is to the problems of this world is us stepping in love and not just experiencing it for ourselves, folks, but giving it to the world. Now you feed hungry kids, love them. Don't just send in a 35 cents a day donation. Now you destroy war, love, to the point where you don't become a part of the oppressor because you're comfortable. 
and self-preservation is your only means of living. I am so hopeful about where we are in this world. I am, and I do not know why. But I've been feeling something so different lately. And I'm pretty sure it's love. But not a love that I've, I've, I have felt before. And it's not a love of, oh, I'm achieving something, or I have these disciplines in my life, so therefore I'm, uh, something's happening. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just there. I'm looking at my wife different and my kids different. More importantly, I'm looking at myself different in a healthy way for the first time in a long time. I'm realizing my imperfections don't count me out, don't count against me, that my giftings and talents are not just what I was created for. I was created for love, intimacy with God and with others. I'm telling you, when Jesus said, if you want your life, you must lose it, I'm telling you that is what he meant. If you want it, step into love, because in it you will lose your life. And you will ultimately find it. It is something that you cannot be taught. It is not something you can just study and study and have it in you. No one can lay hands on you and give it to you. This is something that comes directly from the creator of the heavens and the earth. And that's what excites me. Because he is real. The entity of God is there. Is here. Putting breath in our lungs putting hope in our hearts. But He gives us free will. He gives us that thing called choice. And we will either choose to operate in our own feelings. And that's, that's not a condemnation thing, man. That's, this is why we do church, folks. This is why we come here. We don't come here to listen to somebody talk. We come here to, to learn from one another, to practice this thing called love. Because I'm telling you, in this room, if we did a survey and honest, not everybody's on the same page. Everyone is different politically, spiritually, mentally, physically. We may not voice those things out sometimes, but if we just got down to the bare bones of it, you'd find out we're very different. But in that, you'd find out we're also very similar. All wanting love and acceptance. All wanting something more than the mundaneness of just purchasing stuff. And watching a clock go by week after week, hour after hour, getting it. Not that these things are wrong. These are good things. But they're not the purposeful things. The purpose things. The great things. Faith, hope, and love. It's the constant experiencing of this and giving of this and receiving of this. You can never run out. One last note on faith, and this is something that, you know, faith, faith is always demanding. It is. Because faith leads us beyond ourselves. Faith is what causes us to go beyond ourselves. It's what, honestly, has built this world for the good and bad. You see the goodness of faith. When people step out and do the right things for other people. We're not a perfect world. And folks, we probably never will be. Because we're people. 
But if we love, if we truly commit ourselves, I'm talking not the bumper sticker stuff, man, not, not the feel-good stuff. If we truly give ourselves over to what Christ is calling us into, to fulfill the two greatest commandments that there is, we will live, man. We will live well. We will live good. We won't live perfect. But we will live. You know, a friend of mine, <laughs> I'll end with this funny story. Sorry if I'm being a little heavy today, guys. I just, time's important. Yeah? Time's important. I don't want to waste it. I want to live while I can live because it is a privilege <laughs> to live. I had a friend this week uh, send me a text message. It was hilarious because it was just asking me for money. He sent it to his, all of his con. I had like five people calling me going, hey, did you get this text from this dude about needing some money? I'm like, yeah. They live in California. You know, California is just being devastated and has been. We're going to pray for California today before we leave here. Um, but he sent me this text, and, and he's wanting to, him and his uh, wife are wanting to go to on a missions trip. They feel called to go on a missions trip to London. <laughs> and, he, and they live in Reading. And I'm like, man, like, isn't your town, like, burned to the ground? And like half the state, like, and I bring that up because it was just kind of like a moment. I'm not judging him because that's me sometimes. To be honest, just wanting to escape the reality of what we believe we want to do with the fantasy of what we really want to do, which is take a vacation. Life is work, folks. Right outside these doors. Hell, right inside this room. There are people that need you. And we have to be open and willing to give that need to people, to give that love. The world is waiting for the realness of God to explode. And I'm telling you, again, I'm not bashing anything. It's not in the revival. It's not in packing out a church building on Sunday morning. It doesn't happen there. It's not in going to have an awesome, talented people on stage all the time. It doesn't happen there. Where it happens is when you connect with God and you allow that connection to flow in you and flow out of you, flow in you and flow out of you, this simple, simple thing of a relationship with the Creator. That's where change happens. But ultimately, we have to change for that change to happen. So when my, when my friend sent me that text message, I, I wrote a really condescending text message back, <laughs> which in wisdom I deleted. <laughs> because I realized what, what, and that small little thing, it was the Lord, I'm telling you. What, what good is that text going to do besides satisfy you? What is that really going to do? You know, like what... what, what we think about what we do and how we do it and pay attention to that and what the, the, the Spirit of God is saying, 
And the Spirit is always speaking. The Spirit is always leading. We will revolutionize our worlds. And perhaps our community, perhaps our nation. What else do we have to do? There's nothing more meaningful in this life. There's nothing greater, as Paul wrote, than love. So today, you know, I felt, I'm not asking this question to you, but I'll throw it out there. And this is the question that I had a few months ago. How can I profess to have faith in Jesus and then refuse to let him inspire and direct my thinking, my activity, my decisions, and my responsibility towards other people? Maybe think about that. But I'm telling you, what is... What is here on the earth now? What, what is happening now, I believe? It, it, what's available? Pay attention. God is speaking. God is ready to heal, but we must be willing to heal. God is ready to heal, but we must be ready to heal. I would dare say that God is not the problem. We are. We have, God gave us that ability and that power. We are made in his image and likeness. Jesus said, it's finished. It's finished. God is not counting anything against you or against me any longer. There is nothing to, to work for to gain his love. It's finished. Think about that. It's finished. Now, you know, uh, one of the most odd things, I think, in the earth, and I'm going to stop with this, I'm kind of done, is that, you know, our calendar system is wild, man. Like, I remember being a kid, like, B.C. and A.D. Like, that's crazy. Like, the whole world kind of like, you know, certain parts have been going away from that. But I just think about the power of that moment when love came down and gave it its all. It literally divided time and half it literally set the course for a new era of living a new opportunity that was never there before love freely given we got to take hold of that yes i want to take hold of that and i love you guys i love this place i love this body of people even I don't, I don't know all of you personally. I feel such a gratitude uh, to be in the, in, 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 around a place of people that are just honest and authentic. So I pray that God blesses you today. And before we leave, let, let's all just in an agreement, let's pray for California, man. And, and, you know, we could, I mean, there's such a list of things that we could pray for in, in these families that have been going through devastation this week with more senseless violence. But let's specifically just pray for Callie, and then y'all go enjoy this festival today. Lord, uh, we just lift up the state of California, Lord. We, we, we pray, God, for, for rain, and God, we pray that the weather patterns would be beneficial there, Lord. And we pray for strength for your creation there, God, for your people, Lord. I, we pray for the first responders, God, those who have been devastated, those who have, that have lost property and lives, God. Lord, we just pray in the midst of all this, Lord, that you would just 
be there and that those people can sense it. We pray for healing to their hearts and to their land. Bless this nation, God. Bring us back into love. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. Praise God. <laughs> it is, it yeah. is the community and the spirit of love that has been met now. Awesome. Amen. Well, you guys go enjoy this beautiful day. And there's a great festival right outside. Go by and see some vendors.